You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. Fifty years ago, on Washington's birthday, Sam Lovejoy, a Montague farmer, did something that lives in history in this area and really in the anti-nuclear movement across the country. That episode, that event, became a movie called Lovejoy's Nuclear War, which on this 50th anniversary, this Thursday, will be shown at the Shea Theater uh, in, 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 in Turner's. And Sam Lovejoy joins us today. Sam Lovejoy, always a pleasure to see you. Well, almost always a pleasure to see you. <laughs> and I was, to tell you, I was struck. I uh, was talking to Dan Torres here in the studio, and we were cutting the promo for today's show, in which I featured you, and said, and then, blah, 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 Lovejoy's nuclear war. And Dan Torres, who has had to put this a little younger than the others of us here in the studio, said, what's the story? And they wanted to do what and put a twin nuclear power plant plants <laughs> on the Montague plant? You mean right up the road here? They wanted to do that? Wow. And, and Dan uh, uh, did not know the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it, of course, just lives with us of a certain age. Uh, but for those who don't know the story of what you did and why you did it, let's start there. And then we'll get to the movie, Lovejoy's Nuclear War. But what would you do? Why would you do it? Well, 1973, Northeast Utilities, which is now Eversource, um, decided to build uh, two 1,100-megawatt nuclear plants in Montague, about a mile from the river. Um, And in order to do that, they needed a lot of environmental information. They built this 500-foot tower uh, with strobe lights and red lights on it every 50 feet going up that were on day and night all the time. Sort of looked like a cherry tree. And when I saw the tower, just for kind of symbolic, kind of, you know, what the hell reasons, I said to myself, someone's going to knock it down. I mean, that was the first thought I had when I saw the damn <laughs> Sam, thing. I'd like to point out to you that not everyone's first thought was, someone's going to knock it down. Why not me? I, but we should also what point it, out, to, Sam, t- tell it to Talk about this for a minute. It wasn't just that it was a tower. They needed the information. The company needed the information from the tower in order to begin the process of going through the licensing and construction. That's correct. So the, the, at that time, it was called the AEC, Atomic Energy Commission, was the review authority for the, state, for the feds. And they had a regulation that said that you couldn't apply for a permit unless you had one full year's environmental information before you filed the, the uh application. And the tower went down February 22nd. It was sort of easy to do. The turnbuckles were actually easier to... Okay, stop there. What'd you do? Okay, so I walked over to the planes, and it was a triangular tower, and on each of the three sides, they had a bunch of uh, guy wires, seven of them on each side, and they were held in place by turnbuckles, which are... People maybe know what a screen door tightener looks like. It's like a little guy, you know, that you tighten it one way and it pulls. And if you go the other way, of course, it loosens. And so uh, I loosened them. And uh, (laughs) it was a shame how easy it was. No, actually, it it took a lot of work. The first one took about 45 minutes and the second one like a half an hour. Then I got really into the rhythm of the thing. And the third one I undid and it let go with this huge noise. And I thought everybody in Montague was going to wake up when they heard that thing. But anyway, uh, when the third turnbuckle let go, 
the guy wires on the other two sides sort of pulled the tower over, and it, and it kind of disintegrated, which was really a shame, you know? I mean, it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> okay, so you toppled the tower by undoing the... the turnbuckles. The turnbuckles, yeah. oh, and it crashed. Yeah, terrible. Okay, uh, which was obviously an impediment to uh, the utility company in getting its measurements and going forward with the twin nuclear plant. What happened next? With me... I walked down the power lines and got to the Turner's Falls Road, the main road, and uh, about two seconds later, a cruiser drove by, and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, and they pulled over to me, and they say, Hi, uh, where are you headed? I said, Police Station. And what's your name? I said, Sam Lovejoy. And they said, Well, we're going down to the police station. We're on a lift. So they actually <laughs> had me get in the back seat of the car, which I thought was like, you got to be making this up. Right, so they drove me to police. They, they didn't know that you just toppled the tower. They, no, they, I didn't they say missed a word. that. Part. I was like, "Hello, I'm out here." You know, four in the morning, like odd guy, ponytail. Anyway, so uh, uh, so I got dropped off at the police station, and I walked in, and the desk sergeant was there, and I actually sort of knew him because he had been involved with an FBI raid on the farm about two years earlier, and. I sort of started yelling at him because he thought he could, like, open up everybody's bureau drawers and stuff. But uh, And he and I had a kind of thing. So, anyway, we knew each other. And uh, I said, hey, uh, I was just out for a walk. I said, and I didn't see the tower. It was sort of a <laughs> euphemistic. I didn't say the lights were out, the tower wasn't there. Anything. I just didn't see it. So he radios to the cruiser and says, hey, uh, I got a report here that the tower's lights are out. <laughs> And they radio back at me to say, no, 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 we were just there. It's fine. <laughs> and I look at Kay like, I don't think so. And he says, well, why don't you go check again? <laughs> okay, so they checked again, and the tower was, lights indeed were not on. on uh, right, and because there was, was a tower. There was uh, no tower. It was not vertical. Right? Okay, what happens? You eventually... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so what do you do? You're sitting in the police station. You just toppled the 500-foot tower, they, crashed it, and destroyed they it. They confirmed that it was down. And once it was down, I handed uh, Cade uh, a four-page. This is the sergeant. The sergeant, the desk sergeant. Okay. Sergeant Cade. I handed him a four-page written statement. I said, uh, it begins, I, Sam Lovejoy, take full responsibility for, I can't remember what I said, destroying, sabotaging, wiping out, or whatever, uh, the 500-foot tower on the Montague Plains. You know, we're, we're laughing. This is an act of civil dif- disobedience, yeah. which... Um, it, it made national and indeed international news. It was an incredibly courageous act. Actually, the, the sort of physical danger that you may have been putting yourself in was, but uh, in order to prevent the utility from obtaining uh, information necessary to build these dreadful towers, you were willing to risk your freedom, Sam Lovejoy. Was that a difficult decision to come to? No. I mean, you know, if you've been involved with anti-war work back in the 60s and, you know, which I was in college and some civil rights stuff and, you know, you, you every now and then you got to like take a risk with your life. I mean, you know, you know, you get hit in the head in the, you know, anti-war demonstration or, you know, you get thrown in jail or whatever. I mean, that was just part of being uh, active. <laughs> but one other answer I just wanted to give you, Bill, real quick is when you said what happened when, I, when that tower went down. Well, there were the things that happened to me, but the other thing, uh, the other two things that happened quickly was the utilities got so freaked out about this that they flew in pieces to rebuild the tower from all over the world. And I have an article 
where they flew in two pieces from Australia. They rebuilt the tower in five or six weeks. Meanwhile, the Atomic Energy, Energy Commission at the time changed their regulations. And they said a good faith attempt at a majority of the weather information was more than valid uh, <laughs> to begin the process of uh, a licensing. Meanwhile, you were indicted. Terrible. Five-year felony. Yep. And you went to trial mm -hmm. representing yourself. Yep. That was long before you went to law school. Yep. And you, as a pro se defendant, representing yourself in Franklin Superior Court yep. in front of Judge Kent Smith, yep. later Justice Kent Smith, uh, did a phenomenal job in which you kind of defended yourself. I mean, you did defend yourself, but it wasn't don't find me not guilty. You got up and said, I did it. Uh, explain this. <laughs> well, it's very simple with civil disobedience. What, what the basic claim is that I'm more than willing to take responsibility for the acts that I did, but I don't think it's a crime. And if a jury uh, you know, of 12 people, after listening to all the evidence, decides that it's not a crime, they can come back and say I'm not guilty. So it's that, that funny kind of, uh, as they say, philosophical pickle, which on the one hand, I did the action, but is it a crime? And a crime means something that sort of civilization, the state, looks at as a negative, as a bad thing to do, bad conduct. And I didn't think it was bad conduct. I thought it was the beginning of something to stop what I referred to as an infernal machine and, and totally insane you know, you know, project in the middle of Montague, which was going to cost several billion dollars. The assessed value of all of Montague was way less than a billion, maybe a half a billion for the whole town, every house, every everything. They were going to have cooling towers on it that were bigger than the Prudential Center. I mean, you know, just imagine driving up 91 looking over and like, what are two Prudential Centers doing over there with smoke <laughs> coming out of their top? I mean, 7% of the Connecticut River was going to go into the air. I mean, you drive over the river and look down and say 7%. Well, maybe that's hard to envision, but that's a damn big river. I mean, I just, you know, it was insane from every possible logic. Okay. You are in trial. You are defending yourself by saying, I did it. Mm -hmm. And you were acquitted. Yep. Okay. For those of people who are saying, huh, how did that happen? Want to tell us about that for a moment? And then we're going to get to the question of what happened with the plan to build the twin nuclear power plants in Montague. Well, what happened was that uh, I was charged, there's two kinds of uh, property destruction statutes in Massachusetts. There was, at the, is, there was at the time, right. Yeah, because yeah. of you, they changed it. <laughs> they did. They're not as stupid as they look. So, so just the uh, same, same way the utility, the, the, fed, the feds changed the rules so that they could go forward with their plan. They yeah. changed it so that there will not be a second Sam Lovejoy defense. But please tell us. So, real property uh, was a six-month um, misdemeanor, and um, personal property destruction was a five-year felony. And the distinction really is from old English law and early revolutionary law. The idea was that. Uh, how can you put someone in jail for a whole long time if you're just trying to destroy a house? How do you destroy a house? Not burn it, but I mean physically destroy it. It's kind of hard to do. So they used, thought that was a misdemeanor. But 
if you destroy personal property, the analogy was if you were a carpenter and I destroyed all your tools, those were personal assets of some carpenter. And if you destroyed that, you might destroy their livelihood. So the, the general logic was destroying personal property was, uh, you know, m- more of a crime. And personal property is stuff and real property are buildings, things right. on land. Exactly. Okay. And you were charged with one of those and somehow this mattered? Well, so what happened was uh, I had to prove that the utilities actually owned the, the tower. And one of the ways to do that was through the tax collector and the treasurer. So I put them on the stand, and uh, maybe it was the mistake I made in the trial. But anyway, they said, yes, the utilities paid the taxes on the tower. And, uh, and uh, the, <laughs> the DA, the assistant DA, Murphy at the time, actually asked him, so, uh, you know, did they pay the taxes, and what did the taxes say? And the taxes said it was real property. And, uh, <laughs> and you were charged with destroying personal. personal property. So non-attorney Sam Lovejoy, on that basis, at least allegedly, because the jury, I think, was going to quit you anyway, um, uh, said, nope, Sam's not guilty of that, and the charge gets thrown out. Well, the judge looks at the at the treasurer with this look of shock on his face and he says mr lovejoy i'm thinking of taking a break here and he leaves and i turned to the da and i said uh, what's going on because i'm opposing this motion to throw out the case and the da's looking at me he said you, you can get off sam what is wrong with you i said because i want the jury to decide so, so the there's judge, a motion to dismiss the case, and Sam Lovejoy gets up in court and says, I oppose this motion to dismiss the case against Exactly. <laughs> and, and the judge was, beyond, I mean, he was like stuttering, and he was looking at me like perplexed, and his eyes were crossed, and he was like tipping his head back and forth. And finally he said, I'm sorry, Mr. Lovejoy, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. This is, that's the end of this case. <laughs> <laughs> was that Sam Lovejoy because you felt it was better for the movement? For you to actually have a jury acquit, is that why you wanted the jury to actually get the case? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and plus, when, when it began, I think the jury was a little perplexed. But by the end of it, 11 of the 12 jurors were looking at me with, like, smiles on their face. <laughs> and, I mean, they were, they were totally into the trial. I mean, it, this was not a problem. We are speaking with Sam Lovejoy. It's the 50th anniversary of Lovejoy's Nuclear War, and the movie that was made, Lovejoy's Nuclear War, is coming to the Shea Theater on Thursday. We're going to tell you more about that right after this. With makeup bleeding. Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. We continue our conversation with Sam Lovejoy, who 50 years ago on George Washington's birthday, now celebrated as President's Day, toppled the tower on the Montague Plains to try to stop the twin nuclear power plants from being built there right here in our neighborhood. This was a momentous event for the anti-nuclear movement. It made Sam Lovejoy a household name in the nuclear movement, in the anti-nuclear movement, um, a position he has held ever since. And what 
I'd like to know is about the movie that is coming back, Lovejoy's Nuclear War, at the Shea this Thursday. And as I understand it, the doors will open at 6 o'clock and this movie will start at 7 and then there'll be a panel discussion and you'll be there as well. Tell us about the movie, Lovejoy's Nuclear War. Well, I went to Amherst College with a guy, uh, Dan Keller, and he was heavily involved with making uh, documentary movies. and uh, Green Mountain Post films. Green Mountain Post films. And um, he said, hey, we, let's take a dare and see if we can make a movie with the little bit of film that I have. And so it turned out that he had two rolls of film, which is 22 minutes of color film. And then he had several rolls of black and white film, which, of course, most documentary people tell you don't mix color and black and white. But anyway, that's what we had. And halfway through the trial, he said, Sam, I, you know, I, I got to be able to interview you, you know, so let's start now. So he took me up in this pasture and sat me down. In a pasture? In a pasture <laughs> behind the house. <laughs> and I sat down in the grass and he said, so, uh, Sam, you know, introduce yourself. What's your name and what do you do? And I started laughing because if someone that you know really well asks you what your name is, it, it sort of tilted me a little. <laughs> so I burst out laughing, and he starts yelling at me, I'm wasting film! You know? And then he stops, and a minute or two later after I got the lecture, he says, okay. So I uh, was interviewed uh, behind the farm, the communal farm I lived at. <clears throat> Does the film tell the story in a way that you're proud of 50 years later, or does it not age as well as you might want? I don't know what proud has to do with it, but uh, I think it's a pretty accurate description of what happened. You know, they, they talk about Goffman, who's the uh, scientist that I brought in to try and testify about the the lack of safety and, you know, all the rest of it related to the facts of nuclear power. And I had uh, Howard Zinn, who's a professor at BU, and he came in to uh, talk about uh, civil disobedience and the, the long history of civil disobedience as an accept acceptable kind of behavior. And uh, it pretty well wrapped up what happened in the trial in a pretty accurate way. And 50 years later, looking back on this, what is your, what is your primary feeling? How do you relate to this extraordinary event in your life and in all of our lives, really? A lot of people ask me that, and the fact of the matter is I sort of look back, and that was Sam Lovejoy of 1974, and I recognize him, but when I get up and look at myself in the mirror 50 years later, it's sort of like uh, life moved on. So, you know, I've been involved with a lot of other political issues, and, you know, I, so I don't really relate to it so substantively, you know, I, I, you know, that was Sam Lovejoy then, not Sam Lovejoy now, but I do it again today. If they thought they were going to build a nuclear plant and everybody was so uneducated like they were in 1974, you know, I'd knock over the tower again. Sam Lovejoy, Lovejoy's Nuclear War, will be at the Shea Theater this Thursday. Tickets available at the Shea. Sam, we'll see you there. It's a must-see. Okay, keep up the PR. I like this. <laughs> <laughs>